from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Star Joe's Podcast, episode 260, The Kessel Run, G.I. Joe. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Anthony. And welcome back, everyone. Uh, yeah, we are back for another episode. I'm trying to crank out episodes as fast as possible. In fact, this particular episode, I am off from work tomorrow, so I'm actually going to get this episode out the day after we record it, which is very, very quick. Um, so, uh, but I've been owing people episodes for a while cause I've noticed a pattern of me getting out an episode a month and that's just not cutting it. So, uh, time to get some more episodes out to close out the year. So, and I don't think anyone's going to complain about that. So, <laughs> um, but we are here to do another, uh, retro review of the Marvel run of GI Joe. Uh, we're going to talk some, uh, Kickstarter stuff cause I got issue two of Stealth Hammer is going to be coming out. Uh, well, issue two Kickstarter for, uh, issue two is going to be coming out. And then we're going to do, probably wrap up and do a little bit of toy talk and, uh, we'll call it a night at that point. But that's plenty of stuff. So, uh, before we get into everything, uh, Anthony, how have you been? Uh, uh, have, have you survived the, the draft that we had last time? <laughs> uh, you know, I go back and I look at my roster and I'm like, man, I could have swapped out this guy for yep. that guy. And <laughs> I just kicked myself in the ass. I should have just went with Snake Eyes off right off the bat and could have just, you know, pulled in the grub numbers. But, yeah. you know. Well, that's the thing, too. So I don't want to hear anyone ever bitch about how Snake Eyes is and everything and stuff like that because we did this thing and nobody picked Snake Eyes until like, what, midway through and then Grub picked it and everyone's like, I'm going to pick Grub's team because he's got Snake Eyes. And I'm like, <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, if if uh if everyone had the faith in Snake Eyes that they did in Grub's boat, they you know, maybe they could have gone out and supported the movie or something right. too. It was it Yeah, yeah, sorry. I Well I I I, I saw something yesterday. Someone had posted a thing about a Range Viper and I went 
damn it, I should have put a Range Viper on my team. <laughs> or then you go, oh, there was another guy. And you're like, man, I should have had him on my team. And, yep. Man, I wish I had like, six more choices. Well, knowing how things played out and knowing, like, knowing now uh, what happened and everything else, if I had known back then, I wouldn't have picked Flint in the first round. I just did it to get it out of the way because everyone was expecting it. But I was like, damn, I should have picked, because knowing that, like, okay, most people weren't going to pick Flint because he knew he was my favorite, so they were like, okay, like, we were playing nice. Um, and if I knew we were playing nice, I would have, you know, I would have said, eh, I'll wait on Flint, because, you know, I also had the backup of Destro that I was like, well, if I don't get Flint, I'll get Destro. Um, I should have went Firefly my first round. And then Rock got Firefly, and it was good reasons to get Firefly at the beginning. And then after I got Storm Shadow... Uh, because that was my, that was my second pick. I could have easily gotten Snake Eyes. Now, who the hell's not going to vote for the team that has both Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was like, man, that was just a, that was just a missed opportunity for me right there. So, uh, well, but you learn like from these said, things. Well, we had said too, like, it would have been cool to have, like, a beast handler. Yeah. Choice. Yeah. And, that was, you know, that there, there were cool. so many different things we could have gone down. Like even like the motorized action battle packs, like there was two yeah. years of those. Yep. We, we all could have voted like one of those kind of things. Well, and, and I know you just, mentioned it that day and I was just like, I, I like if, if we had thought about it sooner, I would have totally thrown it in there. But I was like, uh, the day of, I was like, I don't want to throw a monkey wrench into stuff for people to try to pick and everything. So, um, that was the only reason. But in retrospect, but in retrospect, all the planning that we had all done was yeah. kind of, uh, we, we probably could have just went, okay, no problem. Five minutes. Look at it. And <laughs> right. Throw, throw the one in there. Right. Exactly. So, um, so, you know, like I said, lessons learned from it, uh, not only from strategy standpoint, but also, um, just setting it up and, and knowing how much time it really took and everything. I was like, I'm already planning out the Star Wars one and, uh, Figuring out like what, okay, what criteria are you going to have to meet, um, and then we'll definitely have a, have a more expansive uh, roster that you have to you have to pick, you know, as far as a number of people that you have to f- fill on your roster. So this way we can hopefully get into the tougher picks and you know tougher decisions and everything else. Um, but yeah, so. So I was already looking at stuff like that, uh, figuring out what Star Wars would be, and a lot of lessons learned from the first, uh, from doing Joe. And it might be something too where we revisit the Joe draft again uh, after we kind of cycle through everything, uh, because again, you you learn a lot from the first one. So it's kind of like uh, making... I mean, there's a lot of other there's a lot of other characters that no one even picked that we right. could have. Right. It's like pancakes. The first ones are never the best. Head. Yeah. The, the first, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, uh, it'll be a, a good time. I, I know I talked with um, some various people about it, and I said, you know, I, I figure we can do Star Wars for sure. Obviously, we can do Transformers for sure, um, which I think that one can prove to be interesting. Uh, and then uh, I think we could probably do Masters of the Universe. I think there's enough characters and and everything to to delve into that one. Um, I thought about maybe Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because I think there's enough there also. Um, but then I also thought about just a Star Joe's one where we didn't, you can't pick from past drafts. Like that could be the, the last one. So you can pick stuff from Silverhawks and Thundercats and things like that. But there, the criteria would be it had to have a toy line, a cartoon, and a comic book in the 80s. So 
Um, so this way we're not going. That's still a pretty wide. Oh, it's still very wide. Yeah, it's still very wide. But it does eliminate things like people going way too crazy obscure with ultra powerful things, uh, hopefully. So, um, but we'll see. Uh, again, down the line, you know, as, as we keep doing these drafts, the next one will definitely be Star Wars. But as we keep doing these drafts, we'll learn from them and, and, uh, do more. But I do think people really enjoyed it. Uh, I got a lot of comments about people saying that they, they liked hearing it. So it was a good time for people to listen to it. So, um, but yeah, it's, Looks like Grub won. He got the most votes. Uh, we didn't get any. I had checked. I didn't see any email votes that came in. Um, I didn't check like the last few days, but I assume that nothing came in in the last few days. Um, but yeah, Grub got the most votes, and a lot of it was because of Snake Eyes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yeah. Had we yeah, all know. next time. Yeah. Next time I'll pick the, the most overrated character in the next selection. <laughs> right. Uh, but other than that, how uh, Boba Fett? There you go. <laughs> Boba Fett and Han Solo. There you go. <laughs> um, so other than that, how have things been for you? Anything anything new since the last time we talked? No, no. I think when we last talked, I was getting ready to go to a show. Managed to get to that uh, retrocon in Oaks, Pennsylvania, and uh, at present time, I'm prepping for a show in uh, in Wayne, New Jersey. Um, cool. So, you know, just trying to get back into the convention season as best I can. Yeah. Uh, it's, it definitely is something that I missed. Sure. And uh, it's it almost feels like uncharted territory going back into it. But as, as the more and more you get to them and you get more and more comfortable, yeah. you just kind of go, okay, this is, I missed this. This is good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll definitely be dipping my toes back into the convention circuit in, in 2022. And hopefully if a couple of them, I will actually be, uh, tabling at and everything. I think that'll be fun. Uh, I'm sure it'll be tiring as well, uh, from things I've heard from people. Uh, but, uh, like you said, just kind of getting back into the swing of things. I'm sure it's going to feel, uh, definitely the, I, well, I shouldn't say definitely, but very likely the first convention I go to will be, as a guest, uh, or as, you know, as a, uh, just going there for fun, not, a, not tabling at it, uh, because I, I need to get my feet wet again to the convention scene and all that. So, um, but no, I'm glad it went well, glad it kind of felt like maybe going home again a little bit. So, um, good times, but, uh, speaking of, uh, good times or maybe not good times, uh, we're going to be reviewing GI Joe real American hero number 20. <laughs> Um, which, well, over, over, just an overview, like, and we'll get it, obviously we're going to go page by page and panel by panel type thing, but like, what was your, did you have any memory of this issue before reading it again? Like, did you have any, uh, memories of it and what was your impression of, I assume you went back and reread it. So what was your impressions after reading yeah, it? Yeah, I, I remember it was a fill in. And mm-hmm. I remember, obviously, it's issue 20, so it's the lead-in to 21. So you're sure. just like, this is just just cover a void. It, it won't be too, too bad. I read through it, and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not – it's definitely not in the storyline. Like, that. Yeah. you totally could have done without this. Um, And then, obviously, as we get into it, when you start looking at – the crew that put it together, you're like, right. Oh, well this makes a lot more sense. Now. Right. Right. Well, and then like I, so 
I had never read this issue before. Uh, it, it's one I evidently skipped at some point. In, in, in the 80s, I definitely skipped around Joe issues. I didn't read all of them. I wasn't collecting all of them. Uh, I would read them sporadically. Um, cause for me, Joe was watching the cartoon and everything. That's what I grew up with. Uh, but I would see on occasion, you know, at the grocery store or something like that, oh, G.I. Joe, and I'd pick up an issue and I would read it. Um, missed this one. Glad, kind of glad I missed this one. Although I will say, this one felt very much like a cartoon episode as far as how, what yes. happens and how it happens. <laughs> yes. Cause you yeah. have, the, you, you have can the, almost, yeah. You can almost see it in movement, like yes. it reminds you of the card. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have a guy, the general idea of the story is you have a, one of the Joes is going home for rest and relaxation and lo and behold, he runs into Cobra and <laughs> trouble ensues from that point. So, um, although there's a few things that are a couple things that happened in this that wouldn't have happened in the cartoon, but it very much felt like a cartoon style episode. So, um, or issue. Um, all right. Well, we'll, we'll just jump right into it. And as always, I'll, I'll be going through the summary of it and, uh, feel free to jump in wherever you want to. Uh, I will say that I am reading because I couldn't find my hardcover collection of vo- my volume two hardcover. I don't know where I put it. I found every volume but volume two. So obviously last time we reviewed it, I put the book away someplace going, Oh, I'll put, keep it here because then I'll be able to reference it next time when I have to read these issues. And I did such a good job of hiding it. I don't know where it's at. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so I had to find where I could get this issue to read it, and I don't condone this at all, but I found, uh, I think it's like, like comics, free comics online or something like that. Uh, that's where I found it, and that's how. Filthy pirate. I know. Hey, here's how I looked at it. I paid for the issue. I just can't find it. So I've already given them my money. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so that that's how I'm reading it. I don't again, I don't condone that, but uh sometimes you have to do what you have to do to to make sure the show the show goes on. So um so I am reading mine from Classic GI Joe from the IDW run. This yeah. is volume 2 and that. So that's and it's the same one that I read the stuff from when we read our our the, the uh, episode the last time together. Cool. Very so, cool. and this actually is the end of this one. So, when, nice. when we get to issue twenty-one, I actually have the IDW anniversary hardcover issue that I'll be able to read from that, and that that's, has a whole bunch of extra, yeah, that, extra odd and end stuff. Yep, that's what I have as well, and that's I'll be referring to that. I I have the hardcover uh, collected, the complete collection that never got completed. But I have the complete collection, which has issue 21 in it, and then it has Jeremy Dale's uh, one that came with the comic two-pack, which I think will cover both. Uh, it's it's basically the same story, just from a different perspective. Um, and then, like you said, we'll, uh, I, I have that hardcover anniversary one that I think will be good to reference, and it has a lot of extra stuff in it, so... That one will be a very meaty episode. It's got the forward from Mark Belomo and, and a whole bunch yeah. of stuff in there, which, which yeah. is really nice. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So first we got to get through this issue though. So, <laughs> so come on, let's do it. Yep. So, uh, issue number 20, uh, it's, uh, the, on the cover, it's clutch goes home the hard way. Uh, so we see clutch is falling to his, it looks like he's falling to his death, uh, with very rosy cheeks. <laughs> That's the first thing that popped in my head with this cover. You like, know what? Question for you. Yeah. Where you, you said clutch goes home the hard way. Is that in the lower right corner? Yes. 
mine's yellowed out. Oh, okay. It's just, it's just clutch. The, the lower left corner with, I'm assuming, is a Spider-Man or a UPC yeah, or something a, down Yeah, Spider-Man, yep. And then, yeah, uh, that's blacked out, and then the wording is yellowed out. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, no, this it, it says clutch goes home, dot, 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 the hard way. Um, and uh, so they, they, they make you think that, hey, he might die, uh, and... So that's, well, that's how it's done. You go back to the last issue. Right. That stuff's the reality. Absolutely. And I think that's maybe why they did the cover that way is because they made it, you know, unlike other, a lot of other comics where you're like, yeah, they're not going to actually die or they'll bring them back or something like that. Like they've proved in this series, like, no, we'll, we'll kill people and they're going to be gone. So, um, so. I was pre- I was actually prepared for that reading this issue because I didn't remember if Clutch appeared after this issue. Um, again, I I'm kind of rereading through old issues that I did read, and there's a lot of issues I never read. So, um, so the going to the first page here, uh, we have uh, Home is where the the war is is the title of it, and we have it's written by Stephen Grant. The penciler is Jeff uh, Isherwood. Or Isherwood? Isherwood? Um, sure. Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, Inker is uh, D'Agostino uh, and Tartag. Tough to read in there. Uh, yeah. And then I have a letter as being Rick Parker. And colorist is George uh, Russos. Or Russos. And uh, editor is Denny O'Neill. Is it O'Neill? Yeah, oh, Denny yes, O'Neill. Yeah. Okay, it it blended together on this copy I'm looking at here, so it looked like O'Neill, and I'm like, no, it's got to be Denny O'Neill. <laughs> and then Commander in Chief is uh, Jim Shooter. So, uh, so we have uh, Clutch is running, and he's like, uh, he's like Bogey at two o'clock, gang. Which already this is, I have a problem with this. Like first line in the issue, I have a problem with. Because because it's not at two o'clock. It's not at two o'clock. <laughs> like that they're six, isn't it? Yeah, it's more like yeah, more like six or seven o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Um, I blame the artist for that though, and the editor. I don't blame the writer because the writer just wrote, you know, bogey at two o'clock. It's up to the artist and and then the editor to catch that the fact that it's not at two o'clock. <laughs> Um, cause the editor could have went back and to the writer and said, Hey, or, or even to the letter and said, Hey, change that to say six o'clock or seven o'clock or whatever. But yeah, that, that already annoyed me the second I read that. I was like, wait, that's not two o'clock. <laughs> uh, it's maybe two o'clock from the reader's point of view. But, still, still but, not two o'clock from the reader's point of view. No, not really. Well, I'm thinking like if I angle myself and I was looking at clutch, it could be two o'clock. Like if I angled where I was like facing clutch, like if he was running at me, that could be my two o'clock. Now from the reader standpoint, just looking at the page, that's like 10, 11 o'clock. <laughs> so, but yeah, so totally off there. Uh, so everyone's kind of like laughing it off a bit, like that he's in a, he's in a hurry. Um, and we have, uh, Flash saying, uh, when did he get so gung ho? 
which that actually made me laugh because I was like, oh, gung-ho. And then, of course, we get the fulfillment of that joke by gung-ho on the next page. Uh, so the crease, the crease in my book yeah. kind of knocks a little bit of gung-ho out, and you just know that there's another character. Oh. And then when I start to look at it, I went, oh, I see what they did there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then so, you turn the page. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, and then they, uh, they were saying, like, we got to stop tra- treating this like it's a training mission, which, uh, spoiler alert, it is. <laughs> Because the whole, the, the first pages, I'm like, why, you know, I'm sure we're going to find out, like, why are they getting hunted down and everything else? Um, the next panel there is a horrible drawing of Gung Ho. Um, it just, I, I don't like the angle. I don't like the chin that they did there. It just doesn't look good. He's um, got, like, you know, like how old people get that, like, floppy rooster chin? Yeah. He's kind of yeah. got, like, that thing going on. Yeah. It's, it, it looks, young and too too yep. too much in shape for that kind of thing. Exactly. Um, but we have him shooting up at the plane that was just firing down at them and it crashes and explodes uh, and we have Clutch asking where uh, the Cajun learned to shoot like that and Scarlet says probably Jersey Boys passing through the bayou which I found that kind of funny. Like I said, there's things in this where it's like there was good things and there was bad things. <laughs> so... It, but it doesn't completely balance out. Um, then uh, we have Clutch went and go ahead, and uh, Wild Bill basically tells him you don't really want to do that, and a stick is thrown. And I think it's supposed to be Wild Bill that threw the stick to show Clutch that there's danger ahead, based on the dialogue. But the, I don't know because it, it looks like yeah, it looks like that the the branch is snapped from Clutch because there's right. like markings around where the branch would have been connected to the tree indicating exactly. that an action occurred, I guess. Yeah, it looks like it's coming from Clutch, but when you read the dialogue, it sounds like Clutch is wanting to like move ahead and while Bill's the one warning him that you might not want to be doing that. So I would think that they should have had while Bill throwing a stick to show that there's actually mines up ahead. Um, so again, to me, that was kind of throwing off, you know, what was written versus what was drawn. Um, so we have Scarlet. She fires her crossbow, which has a rope attached to it, so they can actually uh, go uh, go across the minefield without touching the ground, uh, which I like that. That was very in- ingenious. Um, then we get another uh, stupid thing, which is that all of a sudden General Hawk is there and Clutch is like, you know, happy to see you, but what are you doing here? And here it's a cardboard cutout, and there's a Cobra Trooper behind it, and the Cobra Trooper is going to fire at them, uh, but he gets uh, taken down. And I'm thinking, who's going to get fooled by a cardboard cutout and think it's the real person? <laughs> Just Apparently someone in a hurry. <laughs> Evidently. <laughs> we'll chalk it up to that. Uh, they come across an electric fence, uh, flash is like this, no problem. This is actually pretty, uh, pretty simple circuit. So he takes care of it so they can all jump over. And then we find out that this all along was a training exercise and they actually, uh, got 30 seconds better than the last time. And, uh, they said the, uh, I assume that's maybe Hawk there. Maybe not. It looks like in the next panel, it's supposed to be Hawk. Um, 
but it looks more like some other generals or something like that in the in the first panel on the page. Uh, and they they're like maybe next week uh, you can shave off a, a full minute. And Clutch is just happy because it's over and he gets to head back home. Um, and he hops into the uh, uh, the vamp with uh, Stalker there, and they go driving off. And Stalker points out that Clutch might not make his, isn't going to make his bus, and so he's like, "Do you ever play chicken with a greyhound?" And he pulls the vamp right in front of the greyhound bus, stops it, gets on the bu- on the bus. So he's heading home. And several hours later, uh, he has the bus drop did him off. Did they ever say where? Did they ever say where they were training? No, never. Okay, because <laughs> I mean, if we're if we're still thinking at this time, I and mean, well, well, no, I guess the motor pool was destroyed in the previous issue, right. so I guess they might not be in New York anymore because right. they get from the Chaplin's uh, motor pool hidden base to Asbury park is not going to require several hours not to get all realistic or anything sure no yeah 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 it's um yeah they never really they never really say where they're training um they merely do make it seem like either it's not too far away because you know several hours i know it could be any number you know several can cover any number of hours but um they never really clearly state like how far away he had to travel or anything like that so it's a mystery. Their training ground is a mystery, much like G.I. Joe. Um, so he, lets the, he has the bus drop him off. He's like, I can walk the rest of the way. As he's walking across a bridge, uh, he's you know jokingly saying, like, where's the ticker tape parade and everything? Uh, and then all of a sudden he sees a car coming. He's like, oh, maybe I can you know, pick up a ride with this guy. But this guy in the car, uh, very futuristic-looking car, comes barreling right towards Clutch. Clutch is about to jump off the bridge to get out of the way. And here it's an old buddy of his named Billy Klein, uh, which honestly threw me off when it was the guy's name was Billy just because of the whole history of Billy with G.I. Joe. I was like, wait, this is a different Billy. <laughs> um, but he's like, he's like, yeah, hop in. Uh, I'll take you into town. And, uh, you know, Clutch says, oh, you know, did you... Uh, you're still stealing cars and going for joyrides. He's like, no, this is mine. He's like, uh, my company built it. And so Clutch is like, yeah, you're going to have to tell me all about that then. So I did like that because I felt like we got a little bit of history. Uh, and we do get other glimpses of that in this issue of like Clutch's background. Like this is his friend. His friend used to, you know, steal cars and, and go for joyrides and stuff like that. So I like that type of element in, in the storytelling, but, um, Still not a great issue. Uh, so, and is it just me, or does this car kind of change its shape like 20 times? Depending yeah, on at angle. one point it, it feels like a Batmobile, and then it looks like a Speed Racer thing, and then right. like it changes. Yeah. I mean, looking at the one panel here, when we get down to uh, when they talk about the clearance, it just kind of seems like something you'd have seen in uh, like a Superpowers Batmobile. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, that third panel totally looks like a superpowers yes. Batmobile. Yeah. Um, and then we, he arrives at, uh, Watash in, uh, automotive. So it's obviously not named after him. Um, I'm always curious to like, you know, his name is Billy Klein and we've got Watash, uh, automotive. 
I'm always curious, especially knowing stuff I know now, like who were these people named after? Because I remember like Shannon put, you know, Drost Foundry or something like that in one of the G.I. Joe issues and stuff like that. And he had Thurman ice cream trucks and, you know, cause it was based on, on people he knew. And like, I know for Tom King, he did a lot of Batman stuff where like people got killed in the issue and it was people he knew from like podcasting and stuff like that. So, uh, just well, curious where some of these names came from. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's not mentioned again, right? In no. The, no. So yeah, it could have just been a one-off name after, you know, a yeah. cousin or a brother or a neighbor. Exactly. There. Exactly. Yeah. Since it's not something that becomes like canon or anything like that, he just, you know, the artist just drew somebody, you know, put somebody's name in there that he knew. So, um, so they, they pull up and, uh, here there has to be some security clearance and, Billy says, you know, tells the guard, don't worry, I'll take full responsibility for him. Uh, they're walking through the plant, and uh, Clutch is really impressed by everything he's seeing. Uh, he asks about a top security room, uh, but he's like, what, do you keep contraband in there? And he's like, eh, the less you ask of that, uh, the better. So they walk past that. He's like, takes, a, takes Clutch to a room. That he said he used to, uh, use himself. Billy used to use himself and before he got his, uh, his wife and kid came along. And he's like, wait, you're married? So he's going back hometown. He runs into an old buddy of his who evidently he is, doesn't know anything about. Obviously it's pre Facebook and everything else. So <laughs> he can't keep up with what people are doing. Um, so yeah, he's like, yeah, af- after I take a shower, he's like, we need to sit down and I need to get caught up on everything. So. Um, so Clutch takes the shower. He hears through the shower wall, uh, that Billy's yelling at somebody and, uh, slams down the phone just as Clutch comes out. Cause Clutch wants to find out like what's going on. And he's like, don't worry about it. He's like, uh, look, I got to talk, uh, go. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Clutch kind of leans, got dressed really fast, by the way, cause, uh, he's wearing a shirt in the next panel. When he only had a towel on in the, in the panel where Billy was leaving. And dripping water all over the living room floor. Right. <laughs> yeah, he is. That's it. Neanderthal. <laughs> um, so he, he notices that Billy's going to the security area. He's like, I gotta find out what's going on in there. He heads over to the top, top security door. Cause you know, all those doors that hide top security things, they're always like some bright, color bright red color and they actually say top security <laughs> this totally plays into why it's like a cartoon episode <laughs> oh yeah no no we're still we're still in the cartoon realm of this of this issue um he wants to try to get in and all of a sudden the cobra soldier comes out and he's like huh what cobra and that was the wrong thing for him to say because it obviously shows that he knows who the hell they are uh Next thing we know, there's four Cobra soldiers uh, coming out, and they're hunting them down inside the garage. He grabs a wrench and knocks one of them out over the head. But when he tries to go for the gun, he's getting shot at. He's like, I really can't take all these. I can't get lucky enough to take out all these guys with a wrench. And uh, he says, or can I? And he notices a car hanging up uh, over the over some of the troops there. And, uh, he jumps down and he's like, look, I surrender. 
And he's like, and the soldiers are like, fool, Cobra gives nothing except death, which I thought was, okay, so that wouldn't happen probably in the cartoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, except surrender, except destruction, anything right. else but that one word. That's, that that's one actually, word. I was going to say, that's the, that's where we separate the cartoon from the comic. Yes, for sure. Um, so the car comes crashing down on them because it's, of course, a trap. Uh, he grabs, Clutch grabs the, one of the guns from them, and he breaks into the top security area where he notices a whole bunch of Cobra Troopers and scientists and whatnot, and he sees his buddy Billy there, and he figures that they must have something on Billy, uh, which I think I would have liked it if Billy was just working with Cobra, like that he wasn't being held, you know, had something being held against him, that he just, like, no, your friend, your friend that you knew from a long time ago, he's just bad now. <laughs> um, well, maybe the writer had a, had a buddy, Billy Klein, and he didn't want to make him a bad guy. And he maybe. wanted to have a soft story for him or something. Maybe. Um, so Clutch jumps down. He tells everybody to freeze, uh, which if I was in Clutch's position, I would have called back. I would have found a phone and called back to headquarters, G.I. Joe headquarters already. Like, I wouldn't have tried to just go in there and take them all on myself. Um, but, again, if you're playing the cartoon world, you go in by yourself. <laughs> Those are the cartoon rules that you have to yes. make that mistake and go in by yourself. Because There's, no, there's no Duke in this episode to get captured, so right. you've got to make it clutch. Got to make it clutch, yep. And, uh, sure enough, he as Clutch is trying to uh, wrangle some of the troopers in... He uh, gets knocked in the back of the head by his buddy, Billy. Um, and that's when we would go to commercial break. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> now back to G.I. Joe. Uh, so then we have, it says sometime later, we see Clutch hanging kind of upside down by his wrist, which that would have to cool. hurt. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's not pleasant. <laughs> no. I mean, that just feels uncomfortable looking at. Right. Um, and he wakes up from that, which I'm thinking, I don't know if you would wake up from that. You're hanging upside down. like You probably would when you dislocate your shoulders. Right, yeah. Um, so Clutch gives Billy some crap, uh, but he's like, Billy's like, you don't understand, they're holding my family hostage. Um, Cobra tells Billy to shut, basically to shut up. And they're going to use uh, Clutch as a test subject for a uh, rocket pack, which I immediately thought of, you know, of course, the rocket packs for the toy line and everything else. I was like, OK, this is this might be a cool way to introduce that into the comics and everything. So um, they launch Clutch. They put the, rock, the experimental rocket pack on Clutch, which is meant to be something that they can hide underneath their clothes and stuff for a quick getaway. And they launch him into the air by remote control. And uh, he goes flying out the skylight. And then they just decide they're going to turn it off. And Billy points out, but well, you're, we yeah, we skip the part though where Billy gives you know tries to attach the belt. And oh then yes. gives him the, the the knife. Yes, yes. Correct. Uh, yeah, so uh, Billy gives him a hug, basically a hug goodbye, but it's really to, to slip Clutch a knife, and Clutch kind of realizes that his friend is trying to help him. Uh, they turn the rocket pack off, 
Billy points out that he'll fa- fall to his death. And, uh, they really don't care. <laughs> they say, que sera, sera. Uh, and which as a kid, I don't think I would have known that's how you pronounce that. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a whole different thing. I would have been going, que sera, sera. Sarah, exactly. <laughs> qua, qua, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. Sarah. Yeah, who's Sarah? Um, so, Clutch is, uh, noticing that the, uh, that the rocket pack is sputtering out. He cuts himself loose. And he hotwires it, basically. And then he realizes that he needs to take care of himself while he's still over the uh, the river there. Because now that he's hotwired it, he could, he's, he's not going to splat. He's going to become a smear if he doesn't get himself out of that. So he gets himself out, falls into the water. And that third panel is such an ugly panel. <laughs> Of him in the weeds with and everything. The with, the, with the moon above him? The one where he's in the weeds and everything else. He's in the water. and uh, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he's 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 in New Jersey. So, you know, <laughs> he's already going to be a little dirty water in there to begin with. And it's dark. and But the cross-hatching is a little rough. And I know he's supposed to have the 5 o'clock shadow, but yeah. he... Kind of looks like Quinn a little bit. I was just gonna say that. That's exactly my first impression when I saw it. Was I was like, is that Quinn? <laughs> Looking for the weasel again, right? <laughs> the weasel has returned. Um, so he gets himself out of there. He uh, decides to go visit his old school because he wants to uh, go to the old uh, workshop and see if Mister Vilsky is still there. And this is where we get Clutch's name mentioned, which I thought that was cool. You know, Lance Steinberg. And, uh, they're like, he's like, do you, they still call you Clutch? And are you still in cars? And, uh, Clutch points out engines, sort of. He's like, wondering if I could, uh, if you could do me a favor, which I will say if this is who taught Clutch in, let's say, high school or something like that, he's looking awfully young still. <laughs> Well, yeah. What would have been funnier, though, is if he would have said Mr. Vilsky and said, oh, no, he retired like 10 years ago. Yeah. And he would have been like, oh, crap, now what do I do? So the next the next page is where I'm having a tough time with a leap of faith or a leap of logic, I should say. Where the hell does this car come from? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and look, I've... I'm familiar with welding and and some some aspects of it. Uh, how many hours did they have in between from meeting with the teacher to right. fabricating a battering ram of right. gigantic size and girth and weight on the front of that thing? Right. Like I, I know it's a cop. Like, yeah. Still, I, mean, like, I, I understand on. they did it all the time on the A team. I get that, but. <laughs> But yeah, this looks like this car was built for this purpose. It doesn't look like they just attached a battering ram to the front of a regular car. This car looks like it was built to be a battering ram. Like a dune buggy with a giant battering ram on the front of it. Yeah. It was just, it just blew my mind when I saw it. Um, so he is, uh, Clutch is speeding off in this battering ram car and we see, uh, Inside a house, a couple Cobra troopers, they're just talking about how it's, uh, they're hearing this, you know, 
people revving their engines again. I thought the suburbs were supposed to be quiet. And uh, all of a sudden, they notice the car is coming at them. And Clutch jumps out of the car. The car goes, like, careening into the house. And it just blasts through right through the wall. Clutch comes running in, knocks out one of the troopers, uh, dives out of the way of machine gun fire, and takes pistol and shoots the guy that was shooting with the machine gun. All right, I'm going to be honest. These two pages, the artwork was terrible. Yes, <laughs> I agree. There's, like, not a redeeming page or a redeeming panel whatsoever. Like, it just... So the one panel, it looks like Clutch like, is like a superhero. He looks like Superman punching out like a villain from the yes. 1940s. <laughs> yeah, and then you've got him looking like Quinn again in, yes. and the driver, you know, in the driver's seat. Yeah. And then the way he jumps out and looks like he's probably going to land on his neck yeah. jumping out of the car. And then, yeah, the Superman punch. Because he's even got the, the little curl at the front yes. there, too. It's, yep. And the car looks like it, the car when he's jumping out of it looks like it's about to flip forward and instead it just plows right through the wall as if it had been driving on the road the whole time. Did, did you see the sheer amount of weight on the front of that thing? There's yeah. no way that thing's not. <laughs> right. Um, and then you have the gun where it's, it, I assume he's like, because he's, he was kind of doing a somersault that he's upside down when he shoots the guy and like, I don't know. Yeah, just wasn't, yes. Oh, wasn't and, and this is also uh, reason number two why it's not a cartoon because he shoots the guy right yes. in the chest. Yes, yes. Um. So then he goes running upstairs, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first point where we understand why he's even doing this. Because at, uh, no, okay. Oh, why? Oh, why he went to that specific house? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's the reason why. Yeah, that's yeah. Because he says know Mrs. That that's what he it. says Mrs. Klein. So I was like, oh, this was so he could rescue his friend's family. I didn't know why because, he was driving into this house before that. <laughs> well, and Billy never tells him where he lives. No, no. Unless, unless when he's talking to, like, I'm scrolling back here. Unless when he talks to Mister Bilsky, Bilsky tells him, oh yeah, Billy's at one two three nope. Mockingbird Lane. That's where his house is. You know, yeah, that's where his yeah. family lives, and maybe that's why he goes there. Like, yeah, would have been nice to, you know, that yeah. one extra panel. Yeah, none of it. <laughs> um. So yeah. So we find out, and then uh, the him holding the phone is horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I don't. I don't get that panel at all. Um, but he finally does what I said he should have done before, which he finally calls back home to Joe base and, uh, they, they come out and it becomes a whole comedy routine of nobody believing anybody for the next several panels. (laughs) Like, are you sure Cobra's here? No, he called you for his health. He just wanted to have you guys come out to his hometown, so he faked Cobra being there. The only redeeming quality in the next few panels is we've got rock and roll. Yes. Yeah. So so now I'm back on board. Yeah. (laughs) But it's like, then they go, have to hand it to you. Those are Cobras, all right. It's like, did you, again, did you just not believe them before that? Um, And, uh... So then they bust in, uh, the one Cobra Trooper is gonna shoot Billy, but then, uh, Hawk and Rock and Roll come busting in in the door behind him, uh, which the boom that happens there, 
the colorist could have had a better choice because it, it makes it seem like they just splattered blood all across, <laughs> like like everyone died in yeah. the explosion. <laughs> um, well, 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 and they and if you look at it, they've got three guys on the roof, right? And yeah. it's rock and roll, and probably clutch, or is it? It's rock and roll, Hawk, and yeah. Uh, that's not grunt. That's that's probably fair. Who the other one? So it's got to be clutch, rock and roll, and it could be grunt with the with the grappling hook. Yeah, right. And then so then they go down right through the window. Right. And then do they go through another room and then blow up that door? That's that's the only thing I can figure out because it doesn't make any sense otherwise. Okay. Yeah, that's the only thing that makes any sense. Um, we have, uh, Billy's trying to get, a, get away, uh, but the one Cobra Trooper, uh, shoots him in the shoulder, which that didn't look good as a panel either. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he must have been, he must have been at one point a stormtrooper with the way that shot landed. <laughs> um, then we have on the next page, they're all, uh, being, all the Cobra Troopers are being taken out. Uh, I'm sure you're not happy about rock and roll being tackled in that first panel uh, on that page. Yeah, he'll be fine. He'll be, he'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, the one Cobra Trooper is going to put on the rocket pack to get himself out of there. Uh, and Billy points out that he had a spare rocket pack uh, packed away because he knew he might need that. And uh, uh, oh, hold on, no, because he asked because now someone. Is asking, see, this is where it gets real weird. The one page or the one panel here, it says, we'll never catch, uh, catch him, blast it. How's Billy, Doc? That's not Doc. No, that's not Doc. But it could be like a nickname. <laughs> like, like just asking, like, like, like you'd say to someone, like, hey, how's the patient, Doc? Like, it, that it, it doesn't have to necessarily be Doc, but it does get very confusing since there is a Doc in G.I. Joe. Uh, whose yeah. Code name is Doc. So. Um, but then we have, uh, Hawk is radioing to Airborne, uh, which was nice to hear. And Airborne is in the sky above in the, uh, hang glider. The Cobra Trooper and the rocket pack goes flying past him. And, uh, then we see Clutch going flying past him as well. And basically Airborne just doesn't know what the hell's going on right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, at this point, Airborne's going to go crash in that glider. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so then we have uh, a Rocketeer moment <laughs> with Clutch versus the... And the guy's got a Luger, trooper. too, so it really goes back to that, that oh, yeah. old style. For sure. Absolutely. Um, Clutch, they're shooting at each other, then Clutch decides that he's just going to barrel go barreling right at him, which, you know, if the guy's still got any bullets left, like, Clutch is a dead man right there. Um, but he goes and tackles him. Knocks him out, but that also causes the rocket packs to, to kind of, uh, go out and they're falling down towards a, uh, a gas farm, uh, which isn't good when you have a rocket pack. Uh, Clutch is trying to do what he can to get their, get the rockets going again. And he actually does want to try to save the trooper. Like they're not out there necessarily, you know, I know they've killed a lot of troopers, but it's kind of like, you know, self-preservation in order to do so. So he's not necessarily looking to, to murder this, this Cobra trooper, but the Cobra trooper doesn't care. And he's, uh, kicks him away. And the Cobra trooper goes falling into one of the, 
gas farm tower or, or buildings there and blows up, which is another way you know that this is not the cartoon. So, <laughs> and uh, Clutch yeah, is able to... A, par- a parachute would have been involved at some point. Oh, now. yeah, for sure. Um, and Clutch was able to uh, get the, his rocket pack going again just in time to get him flying away. So, uh, he comes landing at the uh, back to where Billy is and Rock and Roll and two other green shirts that I don't know who they are. Uh, and, uh, and again, one of them might be Grunt. I'm not sure. But uh, well, we got one with glasses who was called Doc before, and then you've got a green shirt with a beard that's not rock and roll. Right. And the one that was called Doc before in the first panel looks like he's colored like Doc, uh, at least in the face a little bit, because he's not white in that panel. In that very first panel, at least in the face, his hand might be white, but his face is, is definitely looks like it's colored like African-American. Or it could just be bad coloring back then because there's that uh, the back of the ambulance door, which extends way too far for the ambulance door. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so then we see Billy, who in the next panel, who says, you know, uh, I hear Lori and the kid are, are safe. Uh, thanks. And I want you to stay with us for the rest of your vacation. And he looks horrible there. Like that's a, the ugliest face. Like it looks like, it reminds me of, um, the elephant man a bit. The, the last, very last panel. The, the, yeah. the panel with the last panel with Billy, where Billy's laying in the, uh, you see the patch uh, on his okay. shoulder. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't his look eyes good. are way too far spaced apart. Yeah. Doesn't look good. Yeah. Um, and basically Clutch doesn't, you know, doesn't want to be on vacation anymore. And that's how the issue ends. And then we see next silent interlude, Snake Eyes battles Cobra Ninjas in Destro's mountain retreat. Yeah, no, I just get the, uh, hey, coming soon, classic G.I. Joe volume three for IDW. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Great cover of Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes and yeah. Zartan so, Dread Knox, but yeah, that's all I got. I can't remember for issue 21, and when we get into it, I, I, I'm probably remembering the stories incorrectly, but wasn't there delays due to scripting or something like that? And that's why issue It was 21. one of those things, yeah, it was one of those things where Hama had to pretty much throw something together like over the course of like a long weekend or something. Isn't that how that went down? That's, because yeah. was- And we can get into all that. Like, cause obviously we can do some research before we do the next episode, but I'm thinking like, okay, why though? Because you had, I mean not and I know he was writing other things at the time, so I'm not trying to dismiss that at all. Like he could have been on other books or something like that. Maybe he was writing Wolverine at the time. I don't know. But like you had a fill in writer for the issue right before number 21. So why was 21 such a time crunch? Maybe, maybe it wasn't the writing. Maybe it was the art. I mean, maybe. you know, artists were, were busy back then. And yeah. I mean, we can document better nowadays delays on oh, stuff sure. and whether or not you can blame an artist or not for the delay back then. And you had no idea. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There was no way to know at all. Um, and there was different ways of being able to get work to places. So, um, you know, there, it wasn't like we have today where you just like scan images and email it to somebody like these had to be delivered by courier and you know, 
there could have been delays there. I don't, yeah, we can delve into all of that and find out like what is historically written. And, and of course it's all by hearsay. It's all by the people that lived it as to what actually happened. So I'm just curious. Cause I was like, I was thrown off when I saw that this was written by somebody else. Cause I was like, well, wait, then why was 21 like such a time crunch? So, um, we can agree though, that issue 20 was really not good. No, no. And, Rock was uh, potentially going to join us for this issue, but uh, he had a long day, and he he just basically said, he's like, I haven't had a, a chance to reread the issue yet, and he goes, I just remember it not being good. And, yeah, uh, if he had a bad, if he had a long day or a rough day, he didn't need this. No, no. <laughs> and it's funny, too, because like I said, there there was some, some things in it that I liked. There were certain story elements that were there. Like, there was concepts there, I should say, that I thought were good in theory, but not executed very well. Like I said, I liked learning more about Clutch's backstory and, and like from his hometown. I think that's a perfect way to place to do that is have him go on leave and you learn about his hometown. But like, did I need Cobra to be involved again? Like did, you know, could there have been a different way of doing it or something else going on in this town that he could have come home and helped out with? Like, Maybe just a local gang or something, you know, because gangs were big in the 80s. So, uh, you know, as, as the answer to all of your questions is yes. <laughs> they could have done so much, so many different things. <laughs> you know what? I'm, uh, I, I'm ready to talk about a comic book that I want to read. Okay. I want to talk about, uh, I want to talk about something that's a little near and dear to, uh, to your heart. That's, yeah. uh, why don't you talk about Stealth Hammer? Okay, sounds good. Uh, yeah, so uh, I, Lisa, I'm going to be getting this episode out the day after we record. Um, getting, uh, I tried very hard to get Stealth Hammer picked up by publishers, and it's just one of those things where it just didn't happen. Uh, I reached out to a lot of places, did what I could, got a lot of positive feedback, but no one really wanted to pick it up. And I understand that in the sense that... Um, the comic industry, especially right now, uh, with supply issues and everything else, uh, is not really looking to take a lot of risks. And I would definitely be a risk because it's, you know, it's, it's an unknown writer, uh, to, to them, an unknown artist. And even though we had some other people professionally working on it, like they just, it just wasn't the right timing for it. And I'm okay with that. Um, it got a lot of, awesome local attention which blew my mind uh for those that haven't been following along and don't know um i i got to be on uh my local news channel they actually did like they did an article when i was doing the kickstarter for the first issue and then they did uh i reached out to them afterwards and said hey we were successful and we actually made the first issue and the guy reached out to me. He's like, well, would you like to do a video interview? And I was like, sure. So we did the video interview and that was just going to be on their website, but that got so much traction. They decided to actually do a news piece and they went to like my local comic shop that was selling the issue. And like that was, so that got on the news. Next thing I know, I had like good day Columbus contacting me. I, I did not reach out to them. They just reached out to me and said, would you, you know, we're, we want to do something for National Superhero Day. Would you like to come on? We heard about this. And I was like, sure. So I did that. Then next thing I know, I had um, Cleveland Magazine contacting me. Uh, my local, like a local free newspaper thing called Mimi uh, Magazine. They did a piece on it. 
And then a local radio station did uh, had me on for their morning show and stuff. So it was like all this really awesome news. And then like my local shop, they sold over a hundred issues, which was incredible. Um, and then uh, I've had a ton of people I sold directly to and everything like that. Plus obviously all the backers that got everything. So I felt really good about it. And I was like, I have so much more story to tell that I want to do uh, a second Kickstarter. And we're just going to keep doing Kickstarters and build up an audience. And, and I'll still be working behind the scenes to get a publisher to pick it up. But I don't want to stop doing the story just because we haven't found a publisher yet. So uh, I want to keep the momentum going. I want to keep the story going because we have just so much story to tell. Um, so I wrote the script for issue two and just let people know where, where I am mindset wise when it comes to the story. I know what's going to happen at least for the first arc. So the first six issues, I know everything that's going to happen in every single issue. I haven't written them all out yet, but I know what's going to be happening. Like I know what issue three is going to involve, what issue four is going to be issue five and issue six. And I know the cliffhanger for it and the end of issue six. Like I know exactly the scene and everything that's going to happen. So, um, but then I have such huge story plans that this thing can go on for like at least a good 50 issues. So, um, so like I said, hopefully at some point we will get picked up by a publisher and I can just keep telling those stories. Um, the sad news for issue two was that I did, uh, have, if you didn't hear in a recent episode, I did have Ross Hughes who did the coloring. Uh, he retired from doing coloring. So, you know, that, uh, it's understandable. He, he still will do like one-off things. So like I've seen, he's done some coloring work for like a cover here and there, but he's, he retired from doing like full issues. So I had to find a new colorist and boy, did I find a good <laughs> colorist. Cause uh, I got Chris Sotomayor, uh, to work on this and, uh, he is incredible and he's, uh, he's already sent me the coloring work for the cover. It looks amazing. Um, and then I wanted to find a variant cover artist and I reached out to Chrissy Zulo and she is uh, someone I followed her career for a very long time. I'm very excited that she agreed to do this. Um, and, uh, she reached out to me and she's, I know she's working on that cover and I cannot wait to see what she comes up with. Uh, cause she asked me, she's like, was there something you had in mind? And I was like, I, the only thing I have in mind is you doing the cover. <laughs> so if you need me to give you more direction, I can, but I like to leave it up, especially something like this. I like to leave it up to the artist to come up with something because then I know it's going to be something fun for you and something you want to do. So she well, if you want an additional cover, I mean, I'm pretty good with uh, stick figures. <laughs> well, that's the thing too. I had people going like, cause I'm, I'm an okay artist. I'm not, I, I wouldn't even consider myself good, but, um, but I've had people say, well, like, well, you used to be really good at art. Why don't you just draw it yourself? I'm like, cause I don't draw at the level that I need this to be at. <laughs> that's why. Uh, and I would feel bad about asking money for, for my art. <laughs> so, um, but Joel is, Joel is, been drawing amazing stuff. Uh, him and I talked about what was going to be on the cover for this issue and what, you know, what it means for what you're going to see inside. And, uh, I told him like kind of an idea and I sent him some examples of, of things and he's like, yeah, I, I'd love that. Let's, here's what I'm going to do. And then he went and did it and it came out great. Um, we picked out some pages that we're going to be showing, uh, at the launch date, uh, as well as during the launch, we'll, we'll be showing stuff. 
So there's always going to be a reason to come back to the Kickstarter page, always a reason to come back to the uh, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram pages for Stealth Hammer. Uh, so if you're not following one of those, you absolutely should. Uh, I am super excited because I feel like uh, I was happy with what I did for the first issue, but I do feel like my storytelling and my dialogue and everything else got so much stronger in the second issue. Um, and uh, we're introducing a new villain. Uh, we're introducing some new allies. Uh, it's going to be, uh, it, it will end. The first issue, I had so many people ask me, what, what happened to Kyle? Is Kyle okay? Which was uh, Jamie Stealth Hammer's boyfriend. And he got he got knocked unconscious in the first issue. So I had so many people after that issue was over. They're like, "Is Kyle okay?" And I'm like, "Kyle's fine." Like, I kind of had some dialogue at the very end that said he was okay, but people wanted to see that he's okay. <laughs> so I can assure you, Kyle is going to be fine. It, you'll see that he's going to be fine in this issue. However, there's going to be some. I'm going to get people asking me all new questions at the end of this issue. Like, is this person going to be okay? <laughs> Um, so I'm, I'm having fun with that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, feel free to ask me anything you want when it comes to the story. I'll let you know if I, I can tell you stuff or not tell you stuff, but, uh, I did send Anthony, uh, a copy of the cover art and I'm uh, in, and I'm in love <laughs> and that will be on, if you didn't go to starjoes.com to find this episode, uh, you can go there. It, it'll be a small version of the cover there, but you can also go to the Stealth Hammer page as well as the Kickstarter page. And again, the Kickstarter is going to launch on Saturday, October 23rd at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I would encourage people to be there at the launch time to help this thing get off at the right foot. Like if you can at all be there to back this right away within the first you know, hour or two of it launching, I would greatly appreciate it because that if you get a very good boost right at the beginning, Kickstarter then kind of puts your thing as being something that's being noticed. Um, and then that can get other people to back it that didn't, wouldn't have noticed it otherwise. So um, I'm happy to get into the Kickstarter itself as far as what people can expect, but what questions do you have for me when it comes to like what you're seeing on the cover or when it comes to the story or anything like that? So as we're talking about this, and like you said, everyone will be able to see the cover, you know, by, mm-hmm. by the time uh, this episode comes out, there's a, uh, there's some interesting characters you've got on the front cover. The art is really great. I really appreciate, you know, the style, the colors are amazing. It pops really well. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I see these characters and only one of these characters that I see on the cover were in the first issue. Right. 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 Yeah. So, but I mean, when I go back and I think about the first issue and, um, Jamie's room with all the different Mm -hmm. things that are scattered throughout there, do we see anything on this cover that was in her room? Uh, yes, there is one item that was in her room, uh, for sure. Uh, 100% 100% was in her room. <laughs> um, so I'll just leave it at that. If, if you okay. go, if you go okay. back, if That's you look fine. at that cover and go back to the first page, there is a, there is one item in particular that was definitely in her room. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome. I, I mean, I have a couple questions on some of the characters. I imagine the development will be a, you know, you'll, you'll explain 
explain who these people are throughout the book, but are are they characters of historical uh, reference? Are there some that are just fantasy and just made up, or right, or where does that go? So, um, so I don't want to reveal too much, but there's some obvious characters there. Um, so what the second issue is about. So the first issue was all about her origin, how she gets her powers and she has, and having to learn how to use them, uh, pretty quickly. Um, which there's definitely going to be stuff down the line where, uh, we've only seen some of what she can do with her powers. Um, in this issue is all about her legacy. So this is the issue where we find out her family's lineage and, uh, that she comes from a long line of, Guardians. And, uh, the characters that you're seeing on the cover there are part of her family history. Um, so we. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at this and then suddenly that just popped in my head. I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. I'll just message you that privately. Yeah. There's little, there's a little thing if you're looking really closely at some of, the, uh, at the image of the cover, there, not all of them that has it, have it there, but there's a little thing that gives a nod that these are all yeah. tied into each other, <laughs> um, which is something that we saw in the first issue. It's an item that we saw in the first issue. Um, and uh, so one of the things I, I said, I think, I think I said this in the, for about the first issue, but definitely I want to make sure people know in the second issue. Yes. I've had pop culture references uh, in the first issue. I have some in the second issue and everything else. Um, but, and uh Basically, everything matters in these issues. So, like, if you see, if you're looking in the first issue and you see the name of a place, that name was picked for a reason. If you see, um, the, if you see an item or something like that, there's reasons for things being there. Um, and they might not be in this issue, they might not be in the next issue, but eventually I have plans for everything you see. Um, there's going to be, so you saw there's a character on the cover there that has, has a sword. Um, and that I will say, pay attention to who that character is when you see the name of the town. Um, because there, it's not as direct of a name as you might think in your head right now. (laughs) Because I'm sure you know who the character is, it's it's not the most obvious name, but there is a name that you will see. Uh, we'll see a police station in this issue, and that police station gives you the name of the town that that Jamie lives in, and uh, and that name is tied directly to that character. And there's a reason for that name being tied directly to that character and being the name of the town that Jamie lives in. So I'm uh, I'm very much more interested in the character directly above the character with the sword yes uh, it, it definitely you so, know, uh, appeals to my interest yes yeah, so that one i i don't have any problem saying exactly who that is and and really when you see the cover um the one with the sword is is pretty obvious too that uh the character with the sword is king arthur um there's there's family ties back to king arthur there is also family ties to thor um which is the character above king arthur on the cover there um, Wait, that's not that's not Anthony the Handsome Viking. <laughs> no, that's not. Oh, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> um, and I'm using Norse mythology, Thor, uh, to an extent. So obviously, I wanted to stay away from it being looking anything like um, 
uh, Marvel store or anything like that. Um, so we're, uh, so the cover, I will say much like most covers nowadays, the cover does not give you what happens in the issue, but there's things that are talked about in the issue as to why we put that, that on the covers, because these are all characters that will play a factor in the future stories of Stealth Hammer. Um, but we will, we will get glimpses of them in the issue as well. So, um, there, there, this issue is very heavy Ari focused, Ari the elf focused, uh, because he's the one that helps Jamie with understanding her lineage and what she needs to do. Uh, we will get introduced to a pretty prominent villain in this issue, uh, which I'm very excited about. Uh, it is not Yormagund, who is mentioned in the first issue, but this is definitely a big villain, uh, both in physical stature as well as importance. Uh, we're gonna get, I get to play around with a little bit with one of the agents from the first issue. So if you remember, there was two agents in the first issue that, uh, her uncle had met up with. Uh, we get to see them more in this issue and one of them I get to actually like kind of develop a little bit of a personality for. A uh, lot more character moments in this one. Uh, we get to see, um, a character named Watts, which is the robot. And she was, only seen on the cover of the first issue and in the corner of Jamie's room in the first issue and uh, on a pinup in the first issue. Uh, this one we actually get to see, we actually get to experience Watts and her personality and stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's a lot of fun creating these characters and they live in my head, which is a little scary. <laughs> so, uh, because I know how Ari talks, Ari talks differently and Watts talks differently and stuff like that. And, uh, when I write the rough draft, I'm just kind of writing. And then when I go back, I go, okay, that's not how this character would say that. And I change how the character would say something, uh, to make it sound more like them. So yeah, there's, um, there's, there's a, a lot of fun that we're going to be having with these characters down the line. Uh, this is really, like I said, this issue is a, a, a this is not a, a big action issue, but it is a big character focused issue and it gets her started in the right direction. Um, and we end the issue with a really cool, uh, what should be a really cool image and a really cool reveal, um, that I think will get people excited about coming back, uh, for issue three when we do that. So, I mean, if this story is anything uh, as as intricate and detailed as this front cover will be we're all in for a treat yeah i think it is i I hope it is um that's the intention behind it so um it's like i keep looking and i keep seeing different things and i'm like oh wait is that and then i go no oh wait is that and then I realize I need to stop asking these questions <laughs> over the air to talk to you privately because I don't want to spoil too much. Here. No, you're totally fine. Um, there's things I will never reveal, so don't worry about that. Um, but then there's things where I don't mind talking about about them. So I there's certain things that I know where these characters are going, and I hope I hope this goes long enough that I get to tell that part of the story. Because uh, I think there's going to be things that happen and things that will be revealed that people will be like, oh, wow. And there's going to be things where I want people to go back and go, oh, crap, that was an issue one. Oh, that was an issue two. <laughs> like, um, 
like I mentioned, the police station. Like, pay attention to the police station's name. There, it's only going to be in one panel, but the the name of the town is going to be there, and that name means something. I don't put. Joel knows this too, and he sends like he sent me the name of uh, when he was going to name the dojo in the first issue uh, that Jamie studied judo at. Um, he was like, "What do you want the name to be?" And I did research and thought about a story that I wanted to use that name with. And uh, I was like, here, here's what we're naming it. And I told him, I was like, yeah, and there will be a reason for that. And he goes, oh, no, I know there's going to be a reason for it. He says, that's why I asked you. <laughs> it's like, he says, I know that you you don't pick a name just to have an, a fun name. Like, there's probably be a story reason later for it. So, so, so if there's any need for an auto body shop, I'm just saying with, uh, with Ash Automotive, it's a great idea. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I said, it's fun for me to think about where the story's going and it scares my wife sometimes at how my brain works. And she's said like most people's brains don't work like yours does when you're doing these stories. Cause I will, I will come up with something off of just something stupid somebody says. And next thing I know, I've turned it into a story element. I'll give you an example. So this is not anything that's in the first, is anything in the first or second issue. But it's something I hope I get to explore at some point in the future. There, uh, my wife's name is Jamie, just like the character. Uh, and it's spelled exactly the same way as the character because it's inspired by her. Um, she spells it with just an I at the end. There's no E at, at the end of it. And somebody followed Stealth Hammer on Facebook and they spelled their last name with just an I, no E. It, it wasn't a traditional spelling. And then another person liked the page who also had their last names and uh, their first names end with an I and no E. And it wasn't a traditional way of spelling it. And so my wife said, oh, it's like the clan of the eyes. And her saying clan of the eyes, my brain started going in a whole new direction of now I can actually um, create a uh, clan of the eyes as being a villain group for Stealth Hammer to face. Um, so there is there are things like that that happen, and I have a whole plan for the Clan of the Eyes. So it's, And that came from just a stupid comment that my wife made. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, I can do something with that. Clan of the Eyes sounds really cool. Here's what we're going to do. And I came up with all this stuff like in, like, I was telling her all these ideas for it, and I was, it was just coming out in like 10, 15 minutes. And she's like, how the hell did you come up with all that? She goes, I feel like you've been sitting on that for a while. I was like, no, you literally just said clan of the eyes. And my brain was like, okay, here's what they are. Here's who they are. Here's what they do. Here's what their goal is. And, so, and she's like, I don't, I don't get how you do that. <laughs> so it's fun. So there's some things that are definitely research that way I do a lot of research on stuff. Um, and then there's other stuff that just happens by sheer coincidence. So, Um, so yeah, so when it comes to the Kickstarter itself, uh, we are going for, we're, we're looking to, uh, earn hopefully $9,000. I'm hoping we actually can earn more than that because I would love to be able to do some, some other things and some extra things for the backers. Um, as in the past, I am not making any money off of this. Uh, and I don't say that to be like, um, 
snooty about it in any way. Like, I know there's sometimes creators go like, I'm not making any money from this, so feel sorry for me. No, this is my passion project. Like, this is something I'm happy to do and, and not make any money from it. I, right now, I want to make money later from it. But, <laughs> I want to, uh, I'm, I want to make sure my, my creators are paid, uh, which is the biggest chunk of it. You know, I want to make sure Joel is paid and Chris is paid and Chrissy is paid and stuff like that. I want to make sure they're taken care of. My, uh, Dave, my letterer, who's going to be doing, uh, doing the lettering on this again. I want to make sure they're all taken care of. That is one of my most important things because if I take care of my creators, they will take care of me and they will make sure that we have an amazing issue to, and an amazing story to put out there. So, um, so big bulk of the money is going towards that. Obviously there's also a big bulk, uh, going towards, um, uh, the, the cost of printing stuff and everything. Um, and then there's costs for shipping and, and all that stuff. So I'm a little bit better understanding of what some of those costs are now than I was the first time. Um, we kind of lucked out the first time that we made enough that we were able to take care of those costs. Um, but again, hopefully we'll, we'll make more than 9,000, uh, so that we can make sure all costs are covered, um, and that we can maybe hopefully do some extra things. I'm really hopeful for that. Um, and then, uh, we're going to have some really cool rewards. So just like last time, we're going to have, you know, the issue, you can also get the full package where you get the issue, the variant cover, you'll get some prints. We're going to have all new prints for it again. Uh, you'll get a new bookmark. We're going to have a new bookmark, uh, thing. Cause that seemed to be very, be very popular with people. Um, we're not doing another behind the scenes book. However, I'll, I'll mention that in a, in a little bit, but what we are going to do is we're going to do t-shirts this time and we have all new art for, uh, the t-shirt that will only that that artwork's going to be exclusive to the t-shirt and it looks awesome. Uh, came up with a really cool concept for it and everything else. And it's not too gaudy or anything like that. You, we should be able to do a mock-up to be able to show you on the Kickstarter page, hopefully when it launches, if not shortly after that. So you'll be able to see what the t-shirt would look like. Um, I think it's got like a nice classy look to it, but it still shows like the characters and stuff. It, it'll be, I think it'll be a really cool one. Um, we're going to have the script again. That seemed to be popular last time. What I did with the script was I actually took the script and added commentary along the edges of it. Uh, so every single page had notes from me about what, what something meant or what we were going for or, or what the inspiration was for something. Um, so that was a lot of fun for me to do. And it seemed like people really liked that as a reward. Uh, Joel is going to be doing commission work again. So he's going to do 10 commissions. Uh, and he did it. He knocked it out of the park with those last time. Uh, we will again have people that can be drawn into the issue. Uh, so there's a few spots where we can actually have, uh, people that back it, you know, uh, they can actually be in the issue. Uh, the other thing that we're going to have this time is there are going to be some packages for those that never got in on the first issue. So obviously we want to make sure that this is new reader friendly. So there's a few packages where you can get the, uh, the first issue and the second issue. Uh, we also will have it where there's going to be a couple early bird specials where if you don't want to pay for shipping, you can get the issue, uh, or the pack, the, the packet, uh, package. 
uh, with no shipping, and there'll be early bird specials. Those are only going to be available for the first 48 hours after launch, so it's going to be a little bit more than 48 hours. We're going to go from Saturday at 7 o'clock until Monday at 11.59 p.m. is when the early bird will end. So if you don't want to have to pay for shipping, that's the best route. Um, one thing that Kickstarter does now that I think is really cool and it, it allows you to customize your rewards is there's add-ons now that you can do. And so I do have add-ons for this. So if you got the issue and you wanted actually two copies of the issue, now you can order two copies of the issue. Um, and you can pick, uh, if you wanted to get just the issue and you wanted just the variant cover, you can now get the issue and the variant cover if you don't really want the prints and, and the bookmark and stuff like that. If you don't want to get that package, you can get just the two issues if you want that. Um, a couple of the other add-ons, or at least one of the other add-ons that we have on in there, is you can get the art book, the hardcover art book from the first Kickstarter. Uh, that will be available to add as an add-on if you want it. And uh, my wife and I put a lot of time into that, and there's so much stuff in there. It's a little book. It's like it's like small trade size, but it's hardcover, and it's 48 pages, and it is. Pay, you know, cover to cover art, concept art, notes, like there's so much we fit in there. And we probably spent as much time putting together that art book as we did for the actual comic. Um, we just put a lot of love into it and everything else. So we wanted to make that available for the this launch if people were interested in, in adding that that didn't get to get it the first time. So... Um, and you can also get additional t-shirts. So, you know, we do have the package with the t-shirt, but if you're like, yeah, I've got two kids or I got myself and my wife, we both want t-shirts, you know, you can add an extra t-shirt on there and people will be, will, I, I put it in the Kickstarter itself that you will select your size when we do the survey. So when we send the surveys out to get for people to get their rewards, that's when we'll ask you for your, your t-shirt size and stuff. So, um, so yeah, it's, I'm excited. I think we have some really cool rewards, um, things that people will be interested in, in getting. Um, I've got an amazing creative team, just like I did the first time. Uh, I feel like we're even stepping it up this time. Um, and I will continue to do so. Oh, also, uh, back cover. So last time the back cover, uh, just like the first time we had cover to cover artwork, cover to cover story going on. Um, Last time we had Shannon Gallant, who did the back cover for us. Uh, this time I have Scott Kruger, who is from Sarlacc Digest podcast, uh, and he is a very good artist. He actually did a variant cover for Star Wars Adventures number one, uh, which had Ray on the cover, and he did an incredible job. Uh, had Ray in like Vader's mask behind her and everything else. It was really cool. Uh, he wanted to do something for the first issue, and we just didn't have room, so. I told him, I was like, when issue two is being ready to be done, I'm, I will let you know. And, uh, I reached out to him. I was like, would, are you still up for doing this? And he was like, absolutely. So that was awesome. So he, his art will be on the back cover of every single issue. Uh, so that's going to be really cool. We're going to have a couple pinups again inside the issue, just like we did the first time that will show like, we call them the further adventures of Stealth Hammer. So they're just kind of like little glimpses as to things that we have planned story-wise for the future. Um, so like the first one we had uh, uh, Watts and Ari uh, being chased by a bunch of goblin-looking characters, which are known as Tokolosh. Um, 
that hasn't happened yet, but we do have Watts and Ari getting together in this second issue. So those two characters finally meet up with each other in this second issue. Um, and then there's also the, the council of elder elders was the other pinup, uh, where Jamie approaches the council of elders and, uh, meets the goddess Aurora. And that doesn't happen in this issue. It will, I will tell you that does happen in the first arc, uh, story arc, but it doesn't happen in this issue, but we do get a glimpse of that, of, that council and everything in this, in the second issue. So um, again, just kind of those pinups that we saw in the first issue, kind of showing how we kind of were starting to get there in the second issue. Um, so we'll have some pinups like that as well in, in this one where we kind of show some fu- future adventures and things to come so people can get excited about stuff. So plus they're just amazing artwork because Joel goes to town on those pinups. Um, it was crazy. <laughs> It was crazy on the Watson Ari chase one, like how many of those Tokolosh goblin looking characters he fit on there. Um, so if in next year I'm going to be doing some conventions, I will announce them on the show. And if you can come, if you're able to come out there, I have 11 by 17 prints done of that, that scene, that chase scene, because it looks so much more impressive on such a large screen like that. Cause you can really see all the different creatures that he put in there so so yeah that's that's it and i will it at the kickstarter ends um november 21st which is a sunday at 10 p.m so i didn't i wanted this to end before thanksgiving happened um so people you know because i know everyone's gonna be busy with shopping after that um so yeah so we're doing it it's gonna end the sunday before thanksgiving at 10 p.m eastern standard time uh, but again, get in there early. We don't want to wait till the last minute. If you have ever listened to the show and appreciated what we've done with this show um, and wanted to give something back, this is the way to give back. Um, and there's multiple ways you can give back to the show uh, by by supporting this Kickstarter. One is obviously you can become a backer uh, and, and, and actually get some rewards because I want to give you something for your money. Um, so, you know, you could back the Kickstarter, get the comic. Hopefully you en- enjoy it. Uh, we're putting everything we can into it. Um, the other ways, if you financially cannot back it, totally understand that, you know, times can be tough and that's totally fine. But if you can share it with other people, then that would be huge. Um, because I want to get the word out there as much as possible for people that might be interested in it. So if, if you're someone that's just like, yeah, I can't really back it myself as much as I want to. And I, I really appreciate the podcast that you've done over the years. I want to be able to support you on this. I just can't do it financially. I totally understand that. Just share it then. Sh- share it with people through social media. Tell people about it. Um, you know, we literally had people from every age group that you can imagine that, that have read Stealth Hammer and have enjoyed it. Uh, I had a, a literally a 94. 94- four-year-old woman that read it and told, told me how much she enjoyed it. So, um, and then I've had, of course, kids that read it and, and people our age that read it and everything else. So I'm super excited that we get to continue this story and I hope people will come out and support it and, uh, that we will hit that goal early. So we don't have, I don't have to lose any sleep. (laughs) So, and I think I talked enough. So, 
<laughs> hey man, it's your circus. You brought it, man. I just let you uh, do your thing. I, I I spent more than enough time looking at the cover and sending you messages, going, yeah. "Is that what I think that is? Is that yeah. what I think that is?" So yes, and to, and to answer your last question, yes, that's that, that is the same one. So. Anthony asked me a question in the chat and he's like, is that the same? And I'm like, yeah, that's actually the thing that I was referring to that, um, connects these characters and that we saw in the first issue. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and reread the first issue and then just stare at this cover again and (laughs) and ask a bunch more questions. Oh, feel free to, I'm happy, happy to. And like I said, if there's anything I just don't want to reveal, I'll let you know that. But I, I encourage people to reach out to me and ask me about stuff. Like, um, I wanted to do a whole review of the first issue myself so I could tell people like, here's what this means and here's what this is. Um, but I also don't want to, I don't want to give too much away, obviously, but, but I, I'm so excited to tell this story. And, and like I said, the biggest thing that I, I will always tell people is that everything is in there for a reason, that nothing is left to chance. Uh, so if you're seeing something in the background, you're seeing something said in the dialogue or anything like that, and you're wondering if that means something, it probably does. <laughs> so I just look forward to the stealth hammer action figure line. Oh my God. I, I, so my ultimate dream, like people have asked like, so what's the dream? Well, I was asked that a lot of times when it, when it, when I was doing some of those interviews and everything else, they're like, so what's the dream? What's the goal for this? And I was like, I want the best way I was able to relate it to anything out there. Like as far as being realistic, like something that actually happened that this could be a direct tie to is I said, I want the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles experience. I want that indie comic that just catches fire for whatever reason. And it becomes a cartoon. It becomes action figures. It becomes movies. Like I want all of that. Not because I'm greedy, not because I'm looking to, to become rich and famous and all that type of stuff. I just, I just love that stuff so much, that type of stuff so much, and I love this story so much that that's what I want to have happen to it. So, like, yes, all those other things are, are fantastic. Like, of course, I'm not going to poo-poo becoming rich and famous. That would be amazing, but that's really not why I'm excited about saying, like, I want it to become like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I want it to become like that because you know as well as I do. I love action figures. I love cartoons. I love movies. I would love something that I created that became all of those things. <laughs> so um, that would just be so much fun. Like, and that's really what it is. It's not about the money. It's not about the fame. It's about the fun of it. And like that's that would just be like to hold a stealth hammer action figure in my hand. I would just lose my mind. Um, I mean, I could totally see this turning into like a six to 12 episode arc like or a show on on an on a youtube or an amazon prime or something yeah. like that i mean and i've had people ask me like what totally do you could happen yeah i've had people go like oh who do you see being the um playing stealth hammer and i was like if i'm being perfectly honest i see stealth hammer being a cartoon i don't see it as a live action movie i won't turn down a live action thing of course <laughs> but I was like, if I was really having like what my wish was for it, I was like, it would totally be a cartoon series. Um, and I think it would be a lot of fun to do that and, uh, to be a part of it in any way, shape or form. And again, it's the fun of it. It's the excitement of it. It's not, it's, it's not like, Oh, I'm going to be able to make millions of dollars from it. Like if I made millions of dollars, that's great, but I'll probably use that money to 
help a lot of people that I know and help a lot of people out there. Like I live a comfortable life right now and I don't mind just living, continuing to live a comfortable life. For me, it's the excitement of like, Oh my God, something I made got to be turned into a cartoon or, Oh my God, something that I, I wrote became an action figure. Like that's the coolest shit to me ever. Like I, I would just lose it. Um, like I see Ari the elf being a plushie. I see Watts the robot being a remote control <laughs> vehicle that you could buy at the store. Like those, the, it, the, the, I feel like it's very toyetic to, to pull a, uh, the toys that made us type line. Um, it's, it's, I feel like this type of story is very toyetic. So. No, absolutely. And, and, you know, even to go crazier in the whole merchandise and merchandise and merchandise. Right. And I, yeah, like, you know, the stealth hammer board game, is a game <laughs> waiting, to, waiting to come to life too. I mean, right. you really do it with tabletop miniatures and all oh, that yeah. stuff. I, I really envision a lot of, uh, future projects and success with this line i'm hoping uh, to uh, your lips to god's ears as they say so i'm really hoping so too uh i will certainly be working hard towards making that stuff happen um it comes down to storytelling for me though it's it's just like i'm just so excited to keep telling the story and coming up with where it's going to go and and to i wish people could see like it, it, it People don't believe me when it comes to that. I wish people could see me when I get a page from Joel or I get a page from Chris uh, fully colored. And to know that something that I wrote turned into that. Like, it's just, I get giddy. Like, I come, I, I'm running through the house to my wife going, oh my God, I got a new page from, from Joel. Look, look, look. Like, it's, I get so excited about that. Like, that's the part that gets me excited. Um, so to just see something that I was an idea in my head that came to life, like that's the part that's so cool to me. So, um, and like I mentioned it to, to Chuck the other day, I says, it's, it's part of me just wanting to leave something behind that's bigger than that, not bigger, but something that that's going to last beyond me. So, um, so yeah, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm hoping that. We reach our goal. If we don't, uh, you know, we'll figure it out from there and, and it's going to happen at some point. And just to let people know too, like not only am I not getting money from this, I am much like I'm asking people to do, I'm investing my own money into this. So, um, so the pages and the cover and everything else that Joel is working on now and Chris is working on right now, I'm paying for that out of my own pocket. Like that's not, I'm not going to be reimbursed by the Kickstarter. I'm not having the Kickstarter pay for those pages. The Kickstarter is going to pay for the rest of the pages, um, that have to be done and for the, the rewards, of course, and stuff like that. But like, um, but the cover that I sent to you, I'm, I'm paying for that out of my own money. So I do believe in this enough. I'm not going like, Oh, I expect other people to pay for my dream to come true. No, I'm paying for, for it as well. And, uh, part of the Kickstarter is also building a following, you know, getting, getting a community. So, uh, that's part of it as well. And, uh, you know, could, could over time, could I just pay for it myself over time, you know, save up money and have Joel draw another page? Yeah, I could do it, but then I want people to read it. I want people to enjoy it. And this Kickstarter is a great way of building community and building an audience and everything else too. So that's another reason for doing it that way. Uh, so, uh, do you want to do just a little bit of toy talk and then we'll call it a night? 
Sure. That All sounds right. good. All right. So I know that you had some things come through for you just recently, and I, I'm eager to hear. Uh, I saw some photos, so I'm eager to hear like what what it is that you have received and uh, what your thoughts are on it. Yeah. So, so I buy toys not only to collect, but as a customizer, there's a lot of Marvel legends that never see it past the box opening and the scalpel <laughs> goes right to work. And we're not going to talk about all the toys that I've recently just packed and slashed because I needed one particular <laughs> piece. We're going to, I guess we can talk about the toys that are just freaking amazing. Um, these Masterverse figures are really knocking it out of the park. I yeah. mean, the tiny heads aside, yeah, they are really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, the accessories that they come with, the different pieces, the different heads, the different hands, the open hand, the closed fist, the the almost like saluting type hand. Like they're they're really, really, really doing an amazing job. And I have the Man at Arms from Wave Two. So jealous. And <laughs> you know what? You probably should be. Oh yeah. Um, it's it's awesome. Like the colors pop. It just it really really looks like something that you would just ha- you saw in the show. Yeah. Um, it doesn't come with alt heads, so it just comes with the helmeted version. I think we see like different variations of man at arms, like you know. In, in the past and then present time, he looks a little older and disheveled. That head hasn't didn't come with that, but yeah. the mace is just is just a beast. The armor is beautiful, and and it has a lot of the same style of um, the connection points, like where you would dis, you know disassemble or disassemble the the vest, like you would like the um, uh, Masters of the Universe classic figures. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's 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 awesome. The colors are nice. Uh, the articulation is really good. It definitely it's it's a good bulky action figure, just done done really really well. Um, in 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 line with the Masterverse figures, I also have a Faker figure, which yeah. I really like this take on giving him more of the robot and less of the blue skin. Um, spoiler alert for anyone that didn't watch the first half, I guess, of Masterverse. Yeah. Um, the different, the different parts and pieces that he comes with, the different heads, the, um, the, the armor or the, the chest piece is really, really nice. The shield, the sword, it, it, again, same thing, just like, uh, Man at Arms. They, they really have done a great job with it. Um, last. Uh, Mo two thing is the Origins Wind Raider. That thing's Holy incredible. Crap. Yeah. Holy crap, it's amazing. Not only can you put an Origins figure in there, but you can put. I, I when I sent you the picture, it was the Masterverse Man at Arms that was sitting in there, yep. and it looks like it fits in there just as well as everything else. Yep. The 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 grappling hook that you can inject, you shoot from the button, and then you can wind back up. The wings, it's. It's great, and it comes with the base that I believe attaches to Castle Grayskull, which I don't, I don't have yet. Um, but hopefully, hopefully at one point here, I'll be able to uh, put that all together with that. I guess now I'm going to hunt for the Land Shark. I guess that's the next big vehicle from from Origins. Yeah, I have seen uh, that. I have seen that. Um, being out there, and I I don't have any interest in Land Shark. I've been 
again, kind of selective when it comes to origins, but I, uh, I have the Wind Raider. That thing is in- absolutely incredible. I love the base that it comes with, so it can look like it's flying. I love the fact that it can attach to Castle Grayskull. Like, it is a very impressive vehicle. So, um. Well, and the, and the flying thing, the, the piece that allows you to, you know, give it the flight mode, it, I mean, I got bare paws for hands and mm-hmm. I, I could probably hold that thing and run around my house making oh, yeah. all kinds of noise. Like, oh yeah. Um, flying it's around. very it's, stable. It's great. Yeah. It's the same, I think it's the same height as the, uh, sky sled as well. Yeah. 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 Um, and then the last, the last, uh, I thought I was done, but I wasn't. The last <laughs> Masters of the Universe revelation thing is I got my hands on the Scareglow figure. Yeah. The, uh, the exclusive figure and it comes in a box and mm-hmm. it comes, it's got a sleeve and you pull it out. And to be honest, I haven't even taken it out of the box because it's just as gorgeous as it is. When you open the box, it's got a spring release that activates a light and allows it to light up. Oh, and, wow. That's impressive. And, and the weapon, the, the halberd that he comes with is really sharp. Um, and he comes with the sword that splits into multiple pieces. Oh, wow. Uh, I don't think, I don't think I'll ever take him out of the box. I almost want to put him out as a Halloween decoration right now. It's just, <laughs> it's just perfect as it is. That's how I feel about um, the spawn Kickstarter. Cause I have the spawn figure that was done as a Kickstarter and I don't want to take him out of, like, I want to take him out, but I don't want to take him out because <laughs> it's just amazing how it looks inside the box and everything. So they've really come a long ways with, uh, with card art and packaging. And yeah. actually that brings me to the next one is card art. I came across my Walmart the other day, one of the, I guess the vintage slash retro, uh, Ninja Turtles from, oh, yeah. you know, the, like yeah. the original style of yep. the, of the character that found a Leonardo and I took it out of the, out of the packaging and kept the, the, the card art like perfect. I just, you know, it was very yeah. slow, methodical, removing the plastic off of it. And I put this figure in my hands and I was like, you know, nine years old again. It was oh, yeah. just the, the weapons come, you know, they're part of the, the tree and, the swords and it just, it felt like something that, um, they just like took, found the old steel molds and just poured these things through and said, we're going to do it again. Yeah. Um, I have it with my collection of vintage characters of my, my silver hawks and my rock lords and my superpowers and my, uh, you know, ghostbuster figures. It just, it just fits in perfectly with, with that whole, you know, random yeah. Star Joe's, you know, aesthetic oh, yeah. of, of a shelf there. Yeah. Well, uh, that, uh, in regards to origins, I had, uh, John Turtle King. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he found, uh, a Webster, web store, uh, for me, which was a figure I always wanted to have as a kid. I never did. Um, but he found it and he's like, Hey, if I found one, but it's, uh, the, the packaging is beat up. And I was like, I don't care about the packaging because I'm going to be taking it out of the packaging. So that's fine. So he found that and sent it my way. And then he also found a battle damaged, uh, battle cat. Uh, oh, really? And the, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I was, I actually was talking with the Turtle King himself today and he was sending me pictures of some stuff that he found because, I'm also a wrestling fan and, and he, yeah. he's lucked out with a lot of chase figures. Yes. And, and, and I joke with him. I just said, wherever in the hell he's living right now is 
because yeah. the stuff he comes across, whether it's super early or super rare or exclusive, yeah. it's not going anywhere else across no. this country. Like, no. I just can't believe it. So that's awesome that he found the um, yeah. that, that battle armor he man because that's like a vac metal yes. kind of looking, you know. Yeah, uh, and I had that. I had that figure as a kid, uh, and I had regular He-Man. I had uh, Battle Armor He-Man, and I didn't like the individual carded one that they did for Origins. This one looks so much better, um, and uh, he he doesn't look that great off of Battle Cat. I will say that, but I don't care. I'll keep him on Battle Cat all the time. Um, I also love the little dragons that came with the the set because those dragons are supposed to be able you can put them on Castle Grayskull where they look like they're climbing up it and stuff like that. So um, those are like actually pretty well sculpted and detailed. So um, for being as tiny as they are, but yeah, I mean Battle Cat's one of my favorite characters also. So I love the fact that I've got uh, I've got the Revelations Battle Cat. I've got the I've got the Motu Classics Battle Cat. Um, I got the Origins Battle Cat, now I got the Battle Damage Origins Battle Cat. So, um. the Battle Armor He Man. I think we talked about this in the last episode with mm-hmm. Rock and myself and yeah. you and, and Rob about. You can tell how old a person is, like with their love of which He Man was their favorite. Yeah. So Battle Armor He Man is my favorite. Mm-hmm. I have a a collection of the. The vintage He-Man, the Origins He-Man, the Motu Classics He-Man, the 2000X He-Man, and I even found the uh, the, the the smaller, the little micro He-Man characters. Oh, yeah. right now. I found the He-Man with the with the Road Ripper. Which, so for me, when I think Battle Armor He-Man, I don't think Battle Cat. I think Road Ripper. Nice. Um, so like I and I've got a full I've got I'm staring at it right now as we're talking just going oh that's such a great <laughs> set um but that metallic or that back metal finish on that is really 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 sharp oh yeah it's and really they cool. gave, and they gave like you know the the blood effects or whatever on yes. on Battle Cat as well that's that's well, impressive and He Man has some of it on too I think it's a, his one leg or something like that there's like some cuts on his leg and everything so they they did it the whole. For both characters, they won't yeah, yeah, they did a really nice job. So, um, the other thing that I've been diving deep into, and I eventually need to get something set up so I can set up a display. I need to get like a table and everything set up. Is I, uh, if my name wasn't Ryan, it should have been Zach because I'm like a Lego maniac, um, <laughs> and I, uh, I have always been a fan of Harry Potter. Um, I'm not a crazy huge fan of Harry Potter, but I have the books, always love the books, always love the movies and stuff like that. Um, and I love the Lego sets that they've done for Harry Potter. And to me, the Lego sets for Harry Potter are among the best ones ever done by Lego. And that's why I've got quite a few of those sets. And I'm also a huge like castle fan. So like, I love medieval castles. I love, you know, fantasy world stories, you know, that take place in castles and everything like that. So um, so Harry Potter obviously appeals to that also, especially the Lego sets when it comes to that. Um, so I've been building sets and I've been customizing those sets. Uh, so I, I pretty much stick with what they provide, but then I'll add to it and, or I'll expand on it and stuff like that. And my plan is to set up a huge Hogwarts display, um, with a lot of interior work and everything else. Um, I'm not looking to make it movie accurate or anything like that. I'm looking to make it like what makes me happy. 
Um, but there are some things that I've made it look a little bit more like the movie, uh, to bring it closer to that and everything else. But I've expanded some of the towers to make them a bit taller and everything else. I've done a whole Quidditch set where I've got a whole field and that's almost completely done, uh, with players flying around and everything else. Um, but yeah, I've done like a clock tower with a bridge coming out from it and everything else. But the problem is I'm running out of room because it's just like kind of sitting in the room that I'm in right now. And that's I need... the problem with Lego is that yeah. you eventually run out of room. Yeah. So what, uh, I'm, I've been selling stuff, uh, from my collection, like my comics and stuff like that. I'm only keeping a certain percentage of stuff that, uh, that I've collected over the years. So that is eventually going to clear out space. And then eventually I will get a, my plan is to get like an eight foot by three foot table and put a tablecloth on it or a sheet or something like that on it and be able to set up my Harry Potter display there of Lego. And, um, and when I do that, I'll take a video and post it on Star Joe's and everything else. But I've posted some photos of some stuff that I've done and I've been having a lot of fun with that. It's also very therapeutic in these trying times where you're just like, I need to forget about the world. Oh, let me put these two bricks together that click, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's been a lot of fun doing that. Um, like I said, John's been finding some figures, uh, here and there, uh, that he's, he has sent my way. Uh, I recently got, uh, the breaker figure from GI Joe classified. Uh, oh, yeah? that is an awesome figure. Uh, I love the, the Ram, uh, motorcycle. Uh, Chuck disagrees with me on that one. He, he works at target. He's seen it there. He feels like it looks cheap. And I was like, it, I don't know. If, I don't think it looks cheap. And I can definitely tell you when you take it out, it's not cheap. Uh, the Baroness motorcycle looks cheap. The Ram motorcycle does not look cheap. It yeah. looks like you could put a Joe figure on there and have a great time with it. Now, yeah. are you familiar with, um, there's a 3D printing company out called Gridiron Studios. Mm-mm. They have been making a ton of, uh, weapons that don't look like Nerf guns. Oh, nice. Um, there's actually, there's actually like a breaker radio communication set. Oh, very That cool. you could attach to his back. Um, it's got like the, 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 the phone and the wiring and the antennas and all that stuff. And, uh, I definitely want to go crazy on that. They've got some, uh, nice. Rocket packs that you could get for if you wanted to convert some of your Vipers into specific troopers, um, machine guns, grenade launchers, uh, Flint's, uh, uh, toy accurate shotgun. They have that as well already painted. I'll send you a link to that later. Yeah, I didn't mean to promote a a company here. No, no, you're totally fine. Not affiliated, but you know, when you're talking the G.I. Joe stuff and you really want your characters to have a feel to the old, to the old, uh, style, that's, that's the way to go with this guy. And he's got, uh, amazing stuff. He's got fantasy weapons as well. So if you want to outfit your mythic legions, you can go that as well. It's, it's a, it's a good go around for that. Very, very cool. Um, um, yeah, and I will say too, like, I don't know if you, if you have the figure at all or not, but like, I know you're saying like the Baroness motorcycle looks cheap. Even that one, when you have it actually in your hand, it's, it's not, it's pretty solid. It's a pretty solid motorcycle. So, um, uh, I, I was surprisingly happy about that one, uh, when I took it out. Cause I, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, this looks like a, you know, 
Nakira style <laughs> motorcycle or something like That's that. Exactly what it, it gives me that yeah. vibe is I think of Akira. I'm just waiting yeah. to see her like walking towards it in the back, you know, yeah. from an aerial uh, shot. But I've had it set up like I, I took it out of the packaging. I have it set up with Baroness standing in front of it and Destro standing in front of it, and I it it's a solid. It is a solid motorcycle. Like when you get it actually set up and everything else. But the but yeah the the Ram uh, uh, it's amazing and it's put together really well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm very, very happy with, with that figure. I'm glad also that it seems to be very easy to find right now. So, um, it seems still like haven't it. lucked out with, still working on it. It's, it's making its rounds. I will tell you like a lot of targets are around here, uh, cause Chuck's taking pictures of them and a friend of ours, Nick, he took, he's taking pictures and sent them. Um, and John, I know has found a whole bunch of them. Like a lot of targets are getting like, anywhere from like seven to 10 of them. So, I mean, it, it, it'll get to you, uh, for sure. So, uh, do you want to know what's hard to find right now is black series, bad batch figures. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I, uh, I have Hunter, I have Wrecker and I have a lead on a tech that'll be coming my way eventually. But gotcha. these figures are awesome. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm a sucker for troopers. And yep. when bad batch started, I was like, Oh my God, this is, this yeah. is awesome. This is perfect. This is not only my favorite type of Star Wars characters, the clone troopers, but now you've given them, you know, advanced abilities. Yes. And yeah. These, these things are, are they're bulky. I mean, they, oh, and, yeah. and the accessories and the knives, uh, you know, they, they fit where they're supposed to. I didn't think having a knife, you know, sheath in the forearm was going to make sense, but it works. It works. Yeah. Yeah. It really, really works. And the helmets come off and, and the the detail on the characters, you know, is definitely could be better. But I mean, when you take a look at Hunter, you know it's Hunter. Yeah, um, for sure. So I really look forward to. I guess Echo is really the only one in a Bad Batch uniform that we're waiting to get, even though we had just gotten an Echo figure with the uh, with the that last Wars wave. ones. Yeah, yeah, more yeah. stuff. Which I do have um, the I do have the Echo figure from that. Um, but yeah, that's really, I, that's really good too. Yeah, but I want the yeah I want the echo uh, and the bad batch form. So, um, so, and then I'm debating on uh, what's the kid's name? Omega. Uh, oh, yeah, Omega. Yeah, if they do Omega, I I probably will get her, but I'm uh, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm yeah. still waiting for her. I'm still waiting for her Ahsoka turn where you go, okay, she's important now. Yes. Like I'm, yeah, still, exactly. I'm still not, yeah, still not there on, on her yet. I, 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 the character grew on me as the season went on, but I'm not, like you said, I'm not at the Ahsoka level where I'm like, oh my God, this character is amazing now. <laughs> so, but, uh, all right, my friend. Well, we will call that a night. And, uh, like I said, hopefully I will be able to get this episode out. Uh, it's the, evening of the 19th. Uh, hopefully I'll get this episode out on the 20th. Uh, be sure to go check out the Kickstarter. Like I said, even if you can't back it on uh, during the 30, roughly 30 days that we're running it, uh, sharing it would be much appreciated. Uh, we want to get enough backers. We want to make this a reality. So uh, I cannot uh, beg enough <laughs> for people to do that. Um, but yeah, I support early, support a lot. Yes, Please. absolutely. And like I said, we've made it possible that you can really customize, uh, or I should say I've made it possible to really customize what you get as your rewards. And like I said, we've put a lot of time, a lot of effort in there, and 
I'm already blown away by what Joel has done and what Chris has done. Um, and Scott Kruger has already sent me, um, some sketches of what he's done for the back cover. And I love what he's doing. I can't wait to see what Chrissy Zulo does. It's, it's going to be an impressive issue. So, um, appreciate all the support in advance. Uh, I'm sure I will be back promoting it in future episodes until the Kickstarter ends. Uh, you guys will probably get sick and tired of me promoting it, but that's kind of what you have to do. Uh, cause I never know when the, uh, social media algorithms are going to show something to somebody. I've had stuff show up like a week later to somebody. They're like, Oh, I didn't know you did this. And I'm like, it was out there like a lot. <laughs> I had people that never even knew about the first Kickstarter. And I was like, I was promoting that every day. Like, I don't know why, but there's some people just missed it and that happens. So, um, so that's why I said it's so important for other people to share it and get it out there because maybe someone that didn't see it when I posted it, will see it if you post it. Uh, or share it. So, uh, but with that, uh, we will go ahead and, uh, well, first off, Anthony, how can people find you out there in the social media waves? Uh, Anthony Halsiel on Facebook, uh, the toy forge over on Instagram. Cool. And, uh, you can find us at starjoes.com. Uh, you can email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. There's a Facebook fan page as well as a Facebook group page. If you request to be part of the group page, I will approve it as soon as I see it. And, uh, join the community there. We're almost 500 strong there. And we have almost 10,000 people following the fan page, which is pretty awesome. And, uh, the only thing I ask is that people be civil. You know, that's, that's the big thing is like, don't get nasty with each other. I don't want to have to step in. I, I don't enjoy that at all. Um, like just we're there to have a good time. Uh post fun stuff, have fun conversations, express your opinions. Uh I want people to express their opinions, but just don't get nasty with each other. Don't be calling each other out on stuff and you know, just have a good time. That's that's what we're there for. There's too much crap going on in the world when it comes to politics and religion and all these other things that you're not supposed to talk about because they only start arguments with people. Um you know, this Hopefully, you know, Star Wars, G.I. Joe, Master of the Universe, Turtles, Transformers, all that stuff. Really, let's not start arguments over these things that are just supposed to be for entertainment. You know, you cannot like something, that's fine. But, you know, starting arguments over it, that's just stupid. Um, and, and there I said it. <laughs> so, um, But with that, we'll go ahead and close the episode by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. 